You are now listening to Couch Coach Live. All right, so we're back here, Couch Coaches. September the 1st is another Couch Coach Live, another Tuesday ride here on Couch Coach Live. I got my boys in the building. I got my man Maui in the building. I got my man JB. What's going on, fellas? What's up, man? Another what week. Up? Yeah, What's up? another week. Another another week, a new month, you know, you know. Getting um, to that 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 final quarter of uh you know, getting ready to approach that final quarter of 2020. No, big ups to you. Um, a few of your podcasts, as I said, I had um, checked up on. I think one you had when they had the lockdown. I thought that was great. You know what I'm saying? Seeing some of the other fellas and some of the shows that y'all collaborating and coming yeah. together on. And the insights. It was great, man, to see the insights and how, you know, because some of those guys were some of different races. And they was just, it was just necessarily open. That everybody would just have those genuine conversations. You know what I mean? Like, they even for them, you know, they want sports too, but it's like, you know, we understand, yeah. you know what I mean? Like these conversations, it was just great to watch, man. I almost wrecked like two or three times, but we ain't gonna talk about that. You know, it was just <laughs> real interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, you know, congratulations to you guys, Jeff, Steven. Um, there's a few guys that I think. Yeah. Um, it, it was, Je- it was Jeff, Steven, uh, Chris LeBron. I think it was just us four that night. That was Wednesday night. So I, that's what I, I'm thinking. It was just us four. I think. I thought it was five. I don't know why. I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, oh, maybe it was I don't know if Jelani was on there or not. No, Jelani was on Sunday show. Okay. So yeah, it, I think it was just me. It was me, Steven, Jeff, and Chris LeBron. But yeah, man, yeah. that was a that was a good one. That was another one was where we were like, and what was, was crazy good. about Wednesday because Wednesday how it all happened, um, just out of sporadic. Like I was, you know, we talked about it on Twitter, and we were like. It was like three forty-five, and I won't even really pay attention because everybody was like, "Well, they're not, you know, the Bucks not on the court." I'm like, "You got to be kidding me!" You're kidding me, right? And then, and then, you know, then it's crazy how it played out in real time. And then I was like, "Look, they're not playing." The, the Magic left the court. The referees left the court. The ball boys then took the, the took the carts out, and mm-hmm. then the name tag going off the bench. I was like, "Oh, they're not playing today." And then just the right. fluid situation and and kind of. How it was playing out because we were thinking we were gonna get a statement while we were, you know, on air. And yeah. I mean it was right. fun. It was almost like kind of in the sense like the breaking the news. And I think we were on during Chris Weber's um when he talked, and we I don't yeah. think we talked about it on the podcast, but it was very, very powerful, like what Chris Weber said, <laughs> and we committed him. So, you know, yeah. It it was great to hear like I didn't know that Doc Rivers' house was caught on fire. Like I Me didn't neither. know that. Me neither. And that's what and that's what made it great because you guys are sports guys and they show you, you know, when you have a sports show, it's just not about stats. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of other things that oh, are you involved. Didn't, and you, you, I didn't know that. And that's think that's something important to even put out there. But you can see how like his you character. You didn't know that. And that's why you I didn't know like, that either. But see, for him not to even bring that up and put that out there, which I think people need to know. Oh, I'm that, surprised. Something I'm surprised like that because, um, yeah, it happened. It happened in the late nineties. Yeah, ninety-seven when he was with San Antonio. Right. Yeah. But the weird thing about it is, is that I never, 
Yeah, I, I only heard it. I only heard it from the podcast, and nobody Wait. on the outside, on ESPN, anybody else even spoke about that. All they spoke about was his speech and why he was crying. You know what I'm saying? But nobody spoke about that. Yeah, and what's funny about all that, and it's funny how anonymous last week was, because remember, you know, because we finished up around like 11, so at the the Clippers game, look, you know, I think we finished like a little at the 11. So I was mm-hmm. able to watch, you know, and then I was hearing about George Hill said we shouldn't even came to the damn bubble. And right. then you hear Doc and I'm like, and then it, it felt like it was like the perfect storm of, whoa, like, you know, this, this is, this is bubbling up, but yeah. And that's one thing too. I, I only heard about it after Steven said something about it in the media, like as far as like ESPN or whatever, right. bringing that up. About the fire, right. but yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that was something that was new to me that day, and I was like, "Wow!" And then, of course, I you know looked. And I was like, "Wow, yeah," because of the situation, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Jamie, um, I, yeah, I knew, I I knew about that. I knew about Dark Rubber Sauce getting burnt down. This was about like I would say about seven years ago, because. Mm-hmm. Has spoken about it many times, so I'm surprised you didn't know about it, Chris. Yeah, he's spoken about it so yeah. he spoke about it again. So I found out about probably about 2012. He spoke about it during Donald Sterling, um, during the yeah. Donald oh, Sterling situation, okay. too, um, about how his house okay. was burnt down and stuff like that. Um, so, um, yeah, I kind of knew about that. So, and he's yeah. spoken about it, but I, I don't think that he's he speaks about it often because you can kind of tell he's kind of emotional about it, you know, for yeah. you know, yeah. for your whole house to get burned down. Over something like that, it's not something you're going to talk about. And then you also have to figure that during the time of this house being burnt down, the media was very different than this. So if right. it happens today, it'll well, be in the news cycle for about a few weeks. But you know, back then, it wasn't really talked yeah. about because you know, like just think about it, the media. The media has changed a lot, even within the last like 10, 11 years. Yeah. Yeah, you know, ESPN right. was very different. You know, I like you know in the nineties to like you know two thousand and twenty. So. Yeah, I mean, because now, you know, we live in, because you got to think about that was not pre-social media, so we didn't have these, in, like like we talked about how the the, the uh, Buck situation played out, like that literally played out on Twitter, and it was just like, you know, you get every tidbits of information, like you said, versus back mm-hmm. in 97, you would have got these situations where, oh, they're taking down the ball racks. The, the you know the badges have left and, and like in literally chronological order like one minute you get an update like that instead of back in those days you just got a cluster of news and mm-hmm. yeah so yeah social media is something else but yeah man so let's talk about what just happened 20 minutes ago where the Raptors are now down 0-2 and the wow i and it's almost like deja vu in a sense. Well, that well, yeah. Um, well, you know, the subjects uh, won today, one hundred two to ninety nine. Um, your thoughts, JB, on this game? Um, so I remember when you when I did my prediction, I had originally picked the Raptors uh, to win um, the East, but when I started thinking about it before the series started, I kind of admitted my at Boston winning the series in, in seven. Now it looks like it might be actually a six-game series now. And um, just one of the things that I've noticed about Toronto this year is that they have trouble scoring the ball sometimes. And I just think then the play order for you to win, you're going to create your own shot, get their shot. And just 
Torvid, uh, see, Alcom has kind of fallen off the last like few months of the regular season. It's kind of like I feel like he's kind of like he's fatigued. Mm. Like him being the number one guy this year has actually taken a toll on him. So um, it was a good game. It looked like Toronto was going to win for a bit, but Marcus Smart, man, he gave them a huge boost in the fourth quarter. I mean, he made, what, five straight threes? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart hitting threes like that, you don't, you, don't expect, you don't expect for that to happen. And, you know, like he caught fire. It was a 10-point lead, and then just like that three shots later, it was one, and then the four-point um, four uh, play gave them the lead, yeah. and – never really look back um i don't think this series is any i still expect for toronto to at least win two games in the series but i just felt that toronto when just looking at everything objectively not emotionally i felt that toronto was going to have some problems in this series like scoring the ball consistently and both teams are excellent defensive teams too and i just lean boston because boston has you know jason tatum they have Jalen Brown, and they have Kimball Walker. They have three guys who can go create their own shot and get buckets when they need them to. So that matters in the playoffs. Yeah, especially you know, especially in this series. And Kemba was doing his thing, and then your boy. Oh my God, it's, it's all about Jason Tatum. It's so crazy about Jason. It's like he just levels up, and it's just he just rises to the occasion, and it's just scary his potential down the line. Like God, like this is what he's doing now. Just imagine in five years, five to you know, five right. to seven years from now, it is very like he's putting the league on notice. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, if 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 you know if Toronto wasn't in this type of predicament last year, I would be like Charles Barkley. I guarantee, right? Something I would do that. But even though this team doesn't have a Kawhi, but at the same token. It's not quite over mm-hmm. quite yet. They've been down this in yeah. this spot before. But if I'm if but if Thursday they don't take care of business and they're sitting at 03, oh the panic meet is at 10 and it's right. boiling over. <laughs> like one, one. <laughs> what, 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 what do they say? One, two, three, Cancun. Yeah, well, one, two, yeah, <laughs> one, two, one, two three, three, Cancun. Cancun on three. Yeah, Cancun on three. <laughs> I mean, I, and I agree with you saying, like, because you know, mm-hmm. they got to win this. They have to win this next game. And I, I look when I look at um, both teams, I, I you can kind of compare them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To me, you can kind of compare them. Where you you can look at Boston, like Boston may be a little bit better because they've been together for a while. You know what yeah. I mean? And then they had to be scrappy, and they had to, you know, they had to rely on one another. They understand one another. And you can say the same thing about the Raptors. The Raptors, they won the championship. And so, you know, they, they, I think both teams, because it could be like, think about it, it could easily be Boston, you know, zero two. And then we'll be like, damn, if Boston don't win game three, you know what I mean? So I think they're very, very, I think they're somewhat even. You know, I hadn't seen either games, but we knew it was coming. You know what I mean? We knew it was coming. It seemed like all the teams, though, are really battling, man. Like that Houston Rockets. I mean, Houston Rockets versus the Thunder, man. Yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, and we'll allude to that momentarily. So we're gonna um, we'll talk about the East first. We'll get that out of the way. The Heat versus the Bucks. This was a uh, a, the you know the Heat won uh, one fifteen to one hundred four to the um to the Bucks. Jimmy buckets uh, forty points. A career playoff half for him, and um, yeah, they they did pretty they did pretty well, guys. So um. 
I'm gonna go around the horn. Uh, your thoughts on Game One, uh, Maui? Your thoughts, Game One? Man, um, it just seemed like, like it's like Jimmy Butler to me always trying to gut check everybody. If you don't, if you don't feel like you got the heart he got, he he's just gonna go at you, and you got to go back at him. You have to get seem like you have to get his respect in some type of way. I thought that once he got that block, when Giannis got that block, that Butler was gonna be like, oh, okay. But once he just felt like, like I was just watching it and I was just like, man, it just seemed like they all over the place. It's not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just seemed like every time they would try something, he'd come back. And he kind of like just kind of told everybody, you know what I'm saying, the last, what, five minutes, I got it. Don't even worry about it. And I've seen games that he really just not really pushing the score. He just all over the place, just doing all these different things. Sometimes he don't even touch the ball. You know what I mean? It's just... I don't know, man. It's just interesting because I know a lot of these teams are growing. They're still getting to a point, but I don't think Giannis looked too happy. You know what I mean? The press conference, he seemed like he was, uh, you know, you know, they like when they being praised, but then when they start getting criticized, you know, you know, they don't really know how to, to take that heat sometimes, you know? No but pun hey. intended, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You know, but hey, man, I've been watching the Heat all year, and I was watching. And the, when I'm watching the game too, like to see, I'm watching Eric. Um, I'm watching Spoelstra, and he's just really into the game. He's energetic. It almost looked like, almost looked like it's a college game. You know what I mean? He's the way he's sitting there and just getting so energetic. You know what I mean? And it just yeah. seemed like I've been watching the team all year, and I was like, man, they look very, very dangerous. They look very, 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 very dangerous. Yeah, uh, JB, your thoughts on Game One? Um, I mean, I thought this was going to be a pretty good series. I'm not looking too much into the Heat winning game one because I guess my prediction is like probably I would say Bucks six or seven. Uh, I just think that I don't think Giannis. I think Giannis was probably more angry at himself than he was at the mm-hmm. media because he he played a really lousy game yesterday. I mean, like. For you to like basically shoot four from 12 in the free throw line, I mean, like you figure he hits that crazy layup to put them up at one. And then after that, basically Miami just dominated the game and he's got to be better. I mean, you know, we've criticized Middleton for not showing Middleton had a pretty good game yesterday. Middleton was 12 for 24 and Brooke Lopez had a really good game yesterday, too. They Mm -hmm. both played really good games. Giannis. No, you you have to do better than the court. I mean, for him to shoot four for what was he four for twelve or for thirteen from the free throw line, that's unacceptable right there. And um, he plays. All right, I'm gonna throw this one out there because we I, I've I've talked about this with people before, and we'll talk about this. I know we'll allude to this later on. There is really no difference between Russell Westbrook and Giannis. They both play very out of control. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Giannis is probably a more likable person than Russell Westbrook is. But if you look at their playing styles, they both play a bit wild and out of control. They both do. I agree. <laughs> you know, I love that. That's I agree. They both do. They both do. They both I agree. Do. They, they both. They both do. Now, Giannis. Now, don't get me wrong. Giannis, he's a big guy or whatever, and it. But they both play out of control at times or whatever, and it hurts their team. And I think that Giannis, at sometimes he has problems playing in a half court. And I'll say this: I still expect for the Bucks to win the series, but. One thing that I have a problem with with Milwaukee, and I think this could be a detriment to them later on in the playoffs, they have problems scoring in a half-court game. 
So mm-hmm. when the game gets slow, they have trouble scoring the basketball sometimes. And you add in the fact that they really don't have that guard. Well, they do. But Eric Blessel is hurt right now. He has kind of a suspect playoff record as well. Don't have that guy. Because, you know, one thing that I really like what Shaq said, Shaq said this, and I agree with him 100%, in the playoffs, a big guy cannot be your closer. You need a guard or you need like a small forward who can take you home. Like Shaq said this, he said, you know, I can dominate for three years, but he said in the fourth quarter, I need a guy like Kobe who can bring the game home. And Milwaukee, they should have that in Bledsoe, but like I said, Bledsoe has a playoff track record. You look at the last two years, I'm just coming up to the playoffs, and they're going to have problems, man. Like, um, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, if Miami can shoot the basketball like they can't, like they did yesterday like from can. three, yeah, three more times, Miami, Miami, Miami has a good chance of winning this. Series. Milwaukee is going to have problems scoring the half court. Now, like I said, I still expect for Milwaukee to bounce back. And I do think that Milwaukee's defense, like, so here's the other thing from Miami viewpoint. If Miami is not hitting threes, they're going to have a hard time, man, because, like, it's right. very hard for you to be, for you to get easy looks at the basket because, like, Giannis and Brooke Lopez are such good rim protectors. So Miami's going to have to be able to knock down their threes. If they can knock down their three, they have a very, very good shot of winning the series. Yeah. But, they're going to have some problems, man, because they just don't have that guy who can just take over game because it's going to be really because Giannis, he handles the ball good for a big guy, but Giannis is not going to be breaking somebody off the dribble and mm-hmm. popping, you know, 19, 20-foot jumpers in somebody's face. That's not his game. Mm-hmm. You know how bad he wants to be somebody, somebody to dribble that ball down and he can run down off the wing and get an alley-oop? You know what I'm saying? Like, and they don't even know that he's coming. I know, I watch him sometimes, like, he just Take it, dribbling the ball down, and you know, and taking it in, and I'm just like, it's just like, it's just a, it's just a yeah. lot. It's just Miami, a lot. It really yeah. is. Yeah, and Miami defensively, they just shut him down. They, you know, he didn't get, you know, those open lane opportunities. They forced, they forced him to stay, stay honest and shoot. But what's scary about about Miami is Tyler Hero had an off game, and Duncan Robinson had an off game. Mm. That's scary. Like going back to your point, JB. If they hit their threes and if those guys are on, and then also a nice surprise in Drogic the other night, it's <laughs> we this this might right. And that's because another thing like, too, it's right? Too many people. It's too many people that can shoot threes on that team. And I'm sitting here like you know, usually you have like one or two guys that really know how to make them, and then you have like a few guys that shooting them. You're like, man, why are you shooting? Because it's yeah. open. I'm like, you ain't got to shoot a three. They had all. They got a lot of three point shooters. And then what's the other thing that is scary about this uh, about this Miami team? They finally got a closer. You know, even though they've had they've had closers in years, but this team has a closer in Jimmy Butler. This is like I said when we talked about why Philly. Uh, this 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 is what Philly needed. That's why they should have kept him in the building. Like to me, I would have kept him. In, I would have been like, hey, yeah. you're not leaving this facility. You we're gonna re you up. Like, regardless, because this is what you need. Like, you look at this type of situation. This is a perfect situation for him. And I keep on talking to Ted Nauseam, but he got guys that fits his personality. Like, these guys are all dogs. They all are from the oh, mud. Yeah. So, yeah. and that's another thing with that, too. I, and now they got a guy that's closing. Now the biggest thing is, 
Will the defensive player of the year, will he step up and guard Jimmy Butler in these closing situations? You're going to have to. He's gonna have to do a lot, man. He's gonna have to do a lot. It's, it's I, I, I hate, I hate, should, uh, but I don't think, but I don't think he should. I don't, I don't think don't he think should. So? And I really, I don't like that argument. No, because here's the thing do you really yeah. want Giannis to get into foul trouble or whatever? Here's well, I'm, like, yeah, okay, like, I think that you can have him, I think that you can have him guard him at times. That's what I'm saying. Like, that all the whole game, no, 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 him, no, like, no, 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 yeah, 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 that, that, yeah. no, I'm talking, I'm talking about like, like what happened last night. Where Jimmy went off in the fourth quarter and those in mm-hmm. those certain oh no, I wouldn't have him the whole 12 minutes. No, but I'm talking about the last, you know, at least the last five, six minutes, and maybe he only has like three or four, and like even not even less than three fouls. Yes. Right, not the whole entire fourth quarter. Giannis, right? But no, here's the question really, I have no. for you. Do you want do you want Giannis? Do you want Giannis on the perimeter trying to guard him? He can blow by. Like here's the thing, Giannis athletic, but that's a mismatch. Yeah. You don't want Giannis on the perimeter guarding Jimmy Butler, and Jim Butler can get a whole head of steam on him. You don't want that yeah. happening. And then also, Miami is smart enough where you know they have a very good coaching staff. Like I'm very high yeah. on Spolstra, more so than yeah. I was like uh, when LeBron was there. Spolstra is probably going to do a pick and roll, and he's probably going to set it up so. Giannis is not going to end up on Jimmy Butler as well. So I don't, I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I see what you're saying. I think that you can do it at times. Yeah, at times. Yeah, I, 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 I don't yeah, think he's not, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at times. Not like, yeah, like I said, it stretches. Not like the whole entire fourth quarter or the whole game. That's his assignment. Oh, no. Because that's, a, like you said, that would be a mismatch. But at times, in, cer- in certain circumstances, I would, I would dabble into that. I would at least experiment with that opportunity with with that. And he's gonna have to be like I'm. It's my court, and I'm. He's just gonna over have to over be so dominant. You know what I mean? That's why I be feeling bad. It's, it's a five player. You know what I'm saying? It's team sport, and you have to do so much. You know what I mean? And I know that's got to be like, man. I just need somebody at least two of you know. At least give let me get eighty percent of two guys just to step up for me. And if I can see that, then let me do more because he's gonna have to do a lot. Like I really may look at. Like we're gonna talk about these other teams, but you see these guys really getting like triple doubles and you know what I mean? Like over getting that rebounds, assists, points, block shots, steals. They getting a lot. They got to do everything. Everything. Like he can't even have a off game. Cause who's gonna really, really step up and take some of that heat off of him? Yeah. And I think that's really the question that we talk about every year with these playoffs when these these guys. I mean, I'm gonna wait till we talk to, to the other guy, but the previous two MVPs is on the same team. And then look at what you see. One seems like they mentally gone, or something's not right. You see the other one; he getting charges like he's going to another level. Like he playing defense. They got you know that team got the best defense in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. you know. And and, and, that, and, that, and that, it, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, no, you good? Because yeah, that's part of yeah. Okay, because yeah, because what we can do because we can because yeah. So what we'll do, we'll transition now. To the you know to the Houston um, mm-hmm. Rockets recap. So of course that was um, last night's game, right. where essentially the Thunder comes back. You know they they win one one hundred to one hundred four and forcing a game seven in this uh, best of seven series. And matter of mm-hmm. fact, we'll go back to you 
to your thoughts on game six and then just thoughts on uh game seven um you know like like game six like schroeder was killing like you know what i'm saying and once they got schroeder off out of the game once that happened and to me like you know how i think i think it's even bigger because these guys are in a bubble and they doing a lot of it's a lot of little dirty stuff that's kind of going on you know what i mean i think it's a lot of fatigue but like when Schroeder got out the game, I was like, they done because he was the most consistent scorer. Man, some of the guys on um the Thunder team, I'm like, oh my, like they can't shoot threes. Every little they 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 it was a lot of turnovers, you know what I mean? And it just seemed like in game seven, they cleaned it up a little bit, stayed consistent. I think both teams really tried to um uh hold their emotions a lot because that was also games games to six two was almost like a toss-up. Because it was both two two um, important players got kicked out of the game. You know what I mean? But what I saw in, in game seven was that, I don't know, something up with West, what Russell. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know what it is. But I do see the Rockets playing some, some great defense. I'm seeing the brilliance of Harden. I see I ain't never seen before. You know what I mean? And then even <clears throat> him giving the ball to Westbrook at the last – few possessions you know what I mean and trying to set him up so he can it's just you know what I mean I just something's going on and what I'm saying is what I was piggyback what we're saying when you have these players that they win MVP and they get to a certain point okay they won MVP these are going to be the next stars okay what are they going to do or what are these organizations going to do to help these guys get a championship are these guys going to be to step up and take the heat the criticism all the things that come up being a star in the league and it either make or break them. I mean, look at Paul George to me. You know what I mean? I still don't think it's something like he's – are they going to be like a Paul George or are they going to be like a like a Harden or are they going to be like a Steph Curry? You know what I mean? you, you understand what I'm saying? You get what I mean? And I kind of feel that with Giannis. But I think Giannis is extremely dominant. Mm -hmm. And I think that if he just say – put it all out there and say, hey, I'm going to go at it. It, it could be a dangerous situation, you know what I mean? But I understand you being like, man, I'm doing everything. And then I can't even have a game where I can't – it's frustrating because I can't get everything. My free throws that I usually make is not falling in. And I can't get – these other guys is always missing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. They're always missing. we always having that conversation about Bledsoe or Middleton not stepping up. And, yeah, and like you know, one and before I get your, um, your take, J.B., Definitely you shout out to our guy Jeff. Um, what's what's going Love on, man? That. How's everything going, brother? All right. And let me get that squared away. So, JB, your thoughts on um the Thunder Rockets um and the Thunder Force in the game seven. Um, I think that this series has been like really interesting from a standpoint that it's played out like I thought it would play out, but I have mm -hmm. Houston in six. Um mm -hmm. Houston to me has clearly shown that they're the better team, but they're the better team and most victories like performing, you know, in the last game. Um, the point differential in the series, I think when they're winning the game, they're averaging winning by double digits. And you know, OKC, they won three games barely. And, I mean, that's what you have. I mean, it doesn't matter if you win four games by one point and the other team wins three by 20 points, like the first of four uh, advances. And I think that uh, 
Russell Westbrook cost him the game last night down the stretch. I mean, like, um, at this point, man, like, and I don't want to be too hard on Russell because he, he was, uh, he hadn't really been playing. This was just the second game back and he looks rusty, but he was really wild and out of control down the stretch of the game. And at some or another, like, I think we just need to run the offense on hard. He's taking the place. He needs to be the ball down the stretch. Harden turns all over, but like even when Harden's turning the ball over, Harden is not wild. He's playing more under control. Russ is never really out of control. So Russ to me has always been a fantastic athlete. And this has been my thing. And people say I'm a Russell Westbrook half uh, hater. Great athlete, great motor, but he was an athlete that had to learn how to play basketball. And sometimes he plays like an athlete, not like a basketball player. And that was what you saw last night. He was playing like an athlete, not a basketball player. And and it cost us and it cost this team. It cost him. I thought that they were gonna win the game. Now what bothers me as a as a Chris Paul fan. Where was this Chris Paul let in with the Clippers? <laughs> where was he at with the Clippers? He basically was a closer last night. He should have been the closer for the Clippers. If he had been the closer on the Clippers, the Clippers, I'm not saying they would have won a championship. The Clippers would have made it to the finals at least one time. But where was this Chris Paul at? Where was this Chris Paul at? Like, end of the game, fuck this. We're not going to go home tonight. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. I mean, but with the Clippers, Chris Paul was always passive. And I don't know, man. This game seven is going to be wild, man. Like, I know yeah. I picked Houston to win, but everything's out of the window, man, because like Houston. Um, has not really performed well in the clutch when they've had. Paul hasn't performed well in the clutch when he's had. So, so he's got to win tomorrow. It's crazy. I, I like these scenarios in sports where you have two teams, where you have these two teams who haven't really done anything, and then it's a game of seven, one of the teams. Like, the narrative has to change. Like, this is the beauty of sports right now. It, it's the beauty of it. It, it really is, man. Like, uh, the Nationals last year, the Nationals had lost so many games by and you know you have hey, Chris. last year can i respond to him come up small and somebody has to change narrative yeah mm-hmm. y- yeah go, go ahead uh go go yeah. ahead uh go ahead uh, molly uh, well let me let me jump in real quick um before i forget um the last play with Cummington when he fouled um chris paul do you think that was a good play because he, he uh basically it was almost like a pick and roll you know what I mean? Do you think that they might have made a mistake playing small ball and not having a big man or playing child, um, um, Chandler at some time during during um, the series? Where they should, you know, because they got but they I, got they got Chandler, but they don't have to I play think... him all the time. But you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm bringing that up because some people have brought that but up I that mean, they have I, they have him near. They might need to play I big. But I don't. But but. I don't think so. I mean, you foul Paul, you're down. I mean, like that wasn't the play, man. I think the worst play of the game was turnover. like you know, you, you look know. At yeah, they're, 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 they're yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, they were they, they were up 98-92 with four minutes left, and you can only score yeah. two points the rest of the game. You're not you're not gonna win. That should never happen. Situation where you have basically James Harden, Russell Westbrook on the floor, you should never go four minutes where you're only scoring two points. That should never happen. Um 
So like I get what you're saying, but I still I, I don't think that I, I don't think that Tyson Chandler really hasn't played much this season. Does he offer much resistance? I mean, <laughs> who's to say that he doesn't try to block Paul Chad and he doesn't foul Paul and Paul still goes to the line on, on that situation? I, I think that that play was kind of it wasn't the biggest play of the game. I think that there were some plays beforehand that were bigger than all that ultimately led to the game winning free throws. It's it was like, like nine seconds left. It was like what nine seconds left when he got fouled. It was it was it was, it was thirteen seconds left. It's about 13, 12 13, or 13 seconds. seconds left when he got fouled, and you still have mm-hmm. opportunity. I I think Dan Tony should have called the timeout and drew up a play after that instead of letting Russell get the ball and just do something like really wild. It's I think that that was a mistake. Dan Tony not calling a timeout there, actually. Yeah, and it's funny, and it's so weird, like how we, like you said, going back to what it's the beauty of sports, where they were up 2-0, and everybody was like, oh, Houston just looks great. Like, we were talking about, oh, man, Houston's going to, you know, they're going to, they could potentially beat the Lakers in the first round. Uh, they might not even make it to the second round. And Definitely a huge shout out to OKC just having their resilience. Uh, you mentioned uh, Chris Paul, another uh, the member of the Salt and Pepper Gang. Anybody who's over thirty five in the league has dominated Salt and Pepper Gang. And he, like you said, what, like where, where, where has this Chris Paul, Paul has been? Like you said, like you, because because essentially in LA he was dribble, 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 and now you kind of got who's a closer. And just just to think of this OKC team being in a game seven against Houston. At first, because I remember when Chris Paul got traded to OKC, I was like, okay, well, he's probably going to get a buyout and somebody going to go and pick yeah. him up. And I'm like, you're going to go to LA. Right. That's what you got. Somewhere, right. Yeah, we are. Well, I thought he was really going to go to Miami uh, initially in the beginning. But this team, what he's Me doing, too. yeah. And that's and that was, and the beauty thing about it is he had a guy like, Galnera step up last night. He had uh um he had twenty five last night, um and God, just think this is Chris Paul, thirty five years old, at the tender age of thirty five years old is dominating like he is, and it's just one of the things where now it's a game seven, it's a crapshoot. To me, Houston had so many opportunities. Houston had right. so many opportunities to shut this door and close this series out. They've had so many cracks at it. Now you don't let you don't let the door you you, you right. literally right. let them come back in the series and now you got a game seven you don't have the home court advantage anything right. can happen tomorrow night and that's it's crazy and now I want to see what your boy JP of, of <laughs> Chris Paul gonna do you know especially in the game seven because we looked at this team two years ago if Chris Paul would have played in game seven. But Houston against Golden State, many people will say, "Hey, he would have propelled this team to the NBA championship." Now mm-hmm. this is a this is a moment where you're like, "Hmm, like could Chris Paul be that difference and lead and have the most irony?" And this this would probably go down as one of his best moments, going against a te- you know dominating the game seven against his old team that traded him, and we all was like, "Who and why in the hell would somebody take his forty five million dollar contract?" And to think if OKC advanced to the second round, they've done better. They've done better with without Russ and Paul George. They've advanced further than they did with those two guys. Sam Presti and executive yeah, I, of. I, I, the, I, I, well, 
Yeah, I yeah. felt like he. I hated yeah, him leaving the Rockets. Yeah, I hated him leaving the Rockets. I thought yeah, that. Uh, no, like, uh, I'm not going to say Sam Pressy deserves to be the executive of the year. I mean, like, I think that we need to hold our horses on that, but I think that, like, I, I think that, it, uh, it, uh, it, it does go to show what I've always said, though. It goes to show what I've always said, though. I think that Chris Paul is a better point guard than Russell Westbrook is. I think yeah. Russell Westbrook is a great combo card, but I don't think if he's your number one option on your team, uh, you're not gonna go very yeah. far, is my point, and that's and and you I know, think this proves it right here. And you know what's so funny? And I talked about this on a previous podcast. What's gonna happen with Chris Paul, which sucks for him, even though we'll we'll know him, you know, as far as the greatness of Chris Paul, but 20 years down the line, he's gonna be like you're saying, he's gonna be in that and in, in those like those type of combo guard conversations even though he doesn't belong because of course he's a, a true authentic point guard something that we would see in a previous generation so they're gonna compare him to like a Derrick Rose uh you know other other guys of that type of session and like Russ and, and then you're gonna think to yourself like why are we putting Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook in the same category and they're gonna do that 20 years from now 20 30 years from now and you're like oh yeah it's it's gonna and that's so crazy I always say he's gonna get convoluted and point guard conversations in the next generation today no but 20 30 years from guys so guys who've never seen him play they're gonna put him kind of in that same spot so you know that's another thing too where you're like this is gonna be interesting so fellas before we round that round out this who's winning game seven tomorrow night maui i got uh um i'm going okc hmm I'm, I'm going. I, I like Schroeder, so I'm, I'm going for. The, I'm going with. I'm going with the Thunder. JB, uh, I'm going. I'm, I'm going. I'm going with Houston. I think Houston's the better team. I think that you've seen it with the fact that they've blown them out three times. Oklahoma City has just won three close games with them. I'm going with Houston, but it's a game seven. Anything can happen. I understand why you like Schroeder, but Schroeder was not really that good for them yesterday. He shot five for seventeen. Um, I think it's very important, but he, uh, I'm going Houston tomorrow. I think Houston will win. I think Houston will win by 10 points. I guess I'd be a man of my word. I did have Houston win this series. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would pick them too. But no, yeah, I know. I, I just, I'm just saying, I don't, yeah, I, I'm just saying, yeah. I don't know, man. Ooh, something, yeah. you know, something is, um, I don't know. Like, I was watching hard, and I think hard will have a match. So, I mean tomorrow, but I just think that he just looked like it just looked like something's going on, man. Like Westbrook, I know he was rusty, but it just seemed like some them turnovers was horrible, bro. Like you know what I mean? It's like you he's trying to make himself play or something. And then Harden, to me, I don't know if he's like just saying I don't I don't know. It's something. It just it's something there. Like because he could have took the game over. It'd have been over with. Uh, oh, I mean. I think, but I think, uh, but I think in this situation, I think he was kind of like, I'm getting mines. I want Russell to get, because, you know, like Russell can be a bit disgruntled if he's not getting the basketball. And I just think that like, kind of like, I think he deferred last night, like a good guard to do something. I think that he should have took the game over um, towards the end of the yes, game. He should have. I think that's what he should have done. And by that time, the defense was stepping yeah. up. But um, I think. Yeah. 
All right. So yeah. yeah. But um, I think 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 Houston I think Houston wins tomorrow. I, I think that they do. Um, and, but like you're saying, it's a game seven. Anything can happen. Um, the I think what's crazy is that like I think that if it was if it if this game in Houston tomorrow, I would definitely I would pick Houston. Like I would be ninety percent sure Houston's going to win. Now it's kind of like sixty forty. Yeah. Well, hold on, Chris. One more thing. One more thing. But y'all don't feel like it. Just gives me this feeling. That I've seen this before with the Rockets and Harden. I feel like I've seen it before. Chris, uh, Chris Paul got there, and it seemed like I've seen. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the same body language. I could be wrong because they could win tomorrow, but I just feel like okay, they supposed to be dominant, and supposed to win, supposed to win, and it's like okay, why aren't they? Because they had the Warriors on the back feet, remember? And he just wouldn't pass the ball. He just kept shooting threes. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Well, I remember uh, that. no, but no, <laughs> but, but that's not, but that's yeah, not, that's not oh, that, man, y'all and, kill and, me and, with and, that, man. Y'all do that every time. Y'all kill me with that, No, with every year. No, 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 because what you're saying, because what you're saying is not true, because in 2018, that was not on Harden. Trevor Ariza went 0 for 12. Like they missed 27 straight threes. It was plenty of people that were that did not show up. Harden had a good game seven. So I don't want to hear this about, oh, well, it's hard. Oh man. Dude, they lost. Okay. No, stop it. No, stop. No, because Deshaun, in the last three years, they've only lost, they got knocked out by the Warriors two times. Is there really any shame in saying that you got knocked out by the Warriors two times? It's not. No, it's not. But a lot of it was because he wanted to shoot a lot of threes, and then he'd go in and and flop down. And why did Chris? Why did Chris Paul leave last year? Why did he say that? Okay. Why did he leave? Why he was leaving? Because him and Harden weren't getting along. Oh, because him and Harden. And if you why? put two thousand, honestly, if you want to put if you want to put two thousand and eighteen on Harden, I don't know what to say to you because Trevor Ariza, PJ Tucker, they were getting wide open looks in that game, and they came up small. Trevor Ariza, who's a great defender, I'll was give you that. for 12 I'll give you that. I give you Trevor Ariza. So, but, but, but you're not. But you're not. But you're not. But you're not. I give you. He missed. I remember that. I remember Ariza missing time. Go back look at that. And plus, this ain't OKC. I mean, OKC is not Golden State. So that's a scary. That, that's scary. But you know, they were going against an all-time good squad with three essentially guys who we know probably going to well four potential. They're going to be in the Hall of Fame. If and see, now dangerous mind and Chris and Paul and, and Donovan, two point guard, two 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 like coaches coming together, bringing up things. I just yeah. think that and, and, and the relationship look really respectful for each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying I've yeah, seen this but, before, yeah. and Harden is a beast, but at the same time, it just seemed like he's been it the longest, and it's always oh. they get there, they do this, they do this, and it's not. Like it is every time we in the playoffs, it's just, it's just always something. That's all I'm saying. It's just always yeah. something. And yeah, and it's they a toss lost, up. They, yeah, they 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 lost they lost they lost they've lost to the Warriors three times. Like since and like they should have beat some of them. Like the Warriors three times in five years. Two times they're supposed to beat the Warriors. B. They probably and they probably well, when when were they supposed to beat the Warriors? I like to. Oh, in 2018. Well, here's the other thing too. So last year, so last, so last year, so last year we knocked out. 
did Harden have a bad game six? No, Harden have a bad game six. It was Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon shot like what was it in that game six that they lost in Houston? Like Gordon shoots like two for fifteen. Okay. Okay, like, okay, so like, JB, like, JB, so like, JB, JB, listen to yourself. You basically, and that's okay, and you're right. You're saying basically that the same, a few of these supporting cast that have been there have not stepped up, and Harden got his. That's all I'm saying. We, I'm talking, I know Harden, Harden may go out and get his, but that don't mean that you, that they, they should win. They should have beat the Warriors years, they, years they should have beat the Warriors. Harden gets his, but it's always some piece, some piece that don't when step should, when up. When should they have beaten the Warriors? When, when they should have beat him in 2018. You just said a reason, Miss. What, what you said he was two for 23 well, or something, right? Well, how many have, shots? But, did but they didn't have Chris Paul though. They didn't. Have, they didn't. They didn't have. They didn't have Chris I Paul in the game. That. Chris Paul missed game I six. Give game seven. I give you but that. I give you that. You're saying and, and that they should have won. They still have. But you're saying that they should have won. They were. They but they were missing their second best player. It's always that. I'm with you. I'm with you. But it's it's just constantly keep me in that. But. Or how can you say that they should have won when they weren't healthy? Like you're saying that they should have won. If Chris Paul had been healthy, they probably would have won, but he wasn't healthy. And I think once people, right. once Chris Paul got hurt, most people were saying, okay, the Warriors are going to win the series. So the my Warriors dude, are going to win the series. They're going to win games. So that means when you come in in 2019, yeah. situations got to be a certain way so they can win. And they didn't because it was some personal issues. What were the personal issues? Most likely it's because he wants to dribble, dribble, and then shoot. Right and shoot threes and want to do more yeah, isolation. Chris, when he can... Chris Paul, Chris, Chris, no. Chris Paul does a... the same fucking thing. So like, Chris Paul, and, does, Chris Paul does the same thing. So like, and they, there's no shame in you losing to the Warriors, man. It's no shame. No, like, no, I'm not two saying that. But when you, the they could have beat the Warriors. What I'm saying, it's no shame. But you can't sit there and say, hey, man, I'm cool with it. We lost to the Warriors. Come on, man. Now, when you basically your whole setup is what's no, to beat the no, Warriors, I, I, could have. no, 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 no. I'm not saying that they're cool losing. I'm just saying that people are making it seem like wow, they're these perennial playoff chokers, and they're not. They've lost to the Warriors. The Warriors won three chips in five years. The Warriors beat the hell out of a lot of teams. The Warriors made Kyrie Irving go to Boston. I'm not mad. Yeah, but, cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. We'll go all day, JB. It's okay though. It's yeah. okay though. But I tell you, oh. I tell you this. I tell you this. I tell you this. Nope, it left me. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, the only, the only I, the, I mean, and I, the only reason you, the only reason why the only reason why you want the war you want the Rockets to lose is because you want the Lakers to go against Oklahoma City. Go I'm tell you something. I, I know what you're I'm doing. Really not worried about my. I think my team went in and did what they supposed to do, and I, you know, I could easily say that. Though the other team was hurt and tired, so it's all good. I'm not. We not talk, but honestly, though, let's be real. I'm not even. Talk about the Lakers. Lakers did, did what they supposed to do. We're talking about the Rockets. And the truth be told, okay. you would think their coach, their coach, right? You can say that now. I'm not calling them a choke artist. I just say that it's time they should have won. You can easily say their coach might have some issues with that too. Like, do you, you know what I'm saying? He's a good, he has a good winning record, but you can easily say, <coughs> but, <yeah>. <coughs> you know? Yeah. You can even, I, yeah. You know? I, I'm just gonna roll with my my pick beforehand. I, I'm gonna go with the Rockets. I had them had them going um, in this series, but I, I figured okay, she was gonna give them fits. But yeah, man, let's roll on along, fellas. I got you. <laughs> yeah, JB. So, but um, yeah. So man, you know it's crazy how they always say in life that um, essentially everything happens in threes. But this week, for some bizarre reason, things happened in fours. Well, we had we lost four iconic uh, sports 
not well, even with Chad with Bozeman being a uh, f- pretty much a friend of the NBA, he's the iconic in this in this field as far as in uh, cinema. But we'll go around the horn first. We'll talk about um, Lou Olson, the former Arizona head coach. Uh, JB, I want your thoughts on just uh, your thoughts on Lou Olson. Man, um, yeah, I didn't realize he died until like a day or two after he died. Um, I'm sick. Um, I, yeah. I felt really bad for him because just the way that he left Arizona, like you could tell that he was having some issues, like mentally. Like he was probably he had like he was battling dementia. Like he heard like lead assistant, all the other stuff. I just I, I really hate how his career ended in Arizona. Um, I hell of a coach. He got Iowa to the Final Four and. He went to the desert. Arizona was not a basketball program until Luke Olsen got there, and he put Arizona on the map, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, Luke Olsen, man, like, he's one of the he's one of the best coaches. Like, that's one thing I'll say about college coaches. If you can go to a program and you can put them on the map, man, you've submitted legacy. Like, um, when I look at Luke Olsen, I think um, I look at Luke Olsen, and I also look at uh, Jim Calhoun up in Connecticut. Jim Calhoun turned Connecticut into a program, and Luke Olson did the same thing in Arizona. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mal, your thoughts? Um, man, you know, I didn't really know. I didn't know who he was, so I looked him up and seen some things. And yeah, they said he's the second winning winning coach. And um, I had seen the the one was it one one three zone, and he was teaching that and said something about the proper with the proper spacing. And he was saying how when he was at um. West Coast um, colleges he had worked at. He said it was some zone there. And, you know, it just seemed like Steve Kerr is one of the luckiest men that I can I could look at because he seemed like he – I think he lost his father, right? Didn't he lose his yeah. pops? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be able to be mentored by all this, this great – these yeah, great his, basketball his father, minds. His father. Yeah. yeah, murdered. Yeah. Oh, okay. His, That's his right. That's what, so to be father, able to be – so to be able to um be mentored by these father figures and learn something that he loves so much like in basketball that's great um the guy's uh record is is um phenomenal um it was something that i seen um the one of the reasons he did the 113 he was saying that which i like too is how things change and evolve and he was saying basketball was changing so that's one of the reasons why he brung that um zone into the situation but um yeah man it's just really really sad man um that uh that just people just pass him it's just like one after another and after another that was just it's like wow yeah man. 2020 yeah. man yeah man and yeah like going back to jamie J- uh, jb's point he put arizona on the map and you think i think about it you know we were coming up Everybody wanted to wear the Arizona shorts, the one that said cats right. down down the down the uh the side of your leg. And yeah, he was, you know, another guy. And just think about it. Just the guys that came out of Arizona. I mean, you thinking about just I'm thinking about guys like Sean Elliott, Steve Kerr, that that mm. team that should have beat y'all, Jamie, JB. Gilbert Arenas, Gilbert Arenas. RJ, um, Channing Fried, Luke Walton, oh, those guys. Get the hell out of here. You know, you know, you know, I got a 2001 national champion. 
You respect the 2001 yeah. national champion. Come on now. How dare you? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and then um, even the team, and what's funny, that 97 team, that was kind of one of those teams that they were good, but did we think they were going to win a national championship that year? And that's another thing, mm-hmm. too, where you look at Lou Olsen, and like you said, and, and it, like you said, I remember that. Yeah, I and that's that. another, yeah, and that's a, <laughs> and that was another. <laughs> Like you said, the ending was really sad. Like it's to a point where somebody, you know, like a legendary figure like that should have should have had a proper, you know, proper uh send send away. But yeah, man, Lou Olsen, that was something that I was like, wow, you know, that's we found out about that. That's nothing with Twitter. You just, you know, you found out these things and you're just like, wow, like, you know, you, you go in there, you see trending topics, you're like, oh boy, like you get a little paranoid. But um, yeah. So um they went um that mm-hmm. That, that, that 97 team, they beat three number ones. They beat three number one seeds to win a national championship. That was a really impressive run that they did. Yeah. And yeah, that era, that team, I, and that's crazy. I remember that team, and I was like, you know, they, they um, I wouldn't say they shocked the world, but they, you know, that was something, it was kind of one of the things where it was kind of unexpected, per se, but it's a tournament. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was one of the things where, with that is concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dickerson, man. Remember that guy? Yeah. If he wouldn't have gotten hurt, man, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, man, he would have been a really good basketball player, man, because he averaged, I think, yeah. 18, 18 points a mm-hmm. injuries like um, off his career. Yeah. 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 And, that, yeah. Yeah. and then also we t- um, Jason Terry was on that team. Uh Mal Simon, Mike Bibby. Yeah. And Simon, now Mike Bibby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All those guys now, yeah, it's you know it's crazy, but um, yeah, and and um, I love Tucson, Arizona, myself. The Arizona one of my favorite <laughs> places in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and then unfortunately, you know, then that happened, and then the very unfortunate um, learned the passing of um, Chadwick Bozeman, who passed away on Friday evening. Um, so we'll go around the horn. I'm gonna go with you first, JB, because I know. You're, you're, you're a movie guy as well, so I want to you know get your thoughts on um mm-hmm. on Chadwick Boseman. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my Facebook post, but like I mean, like um, I think people when they think of Chadwick Boseman, they're gonna think of Black Panther, but he was right. more than you know, like Black Panther. This guy had a very very impressive seven year run, starting with Jackie Robinson in '42. I mean, he was right. James Brown and Get On Up. He was right. a third good mm-hmm. Marshall and Marshall. I like he had some really, and then uh, this the Spike Lee, uh, the Bloods. So, I mean, yeah, impressive run. And when I heard the news, I was shocked. Like, I thought it was kind of a mistake because, like, it popped up on my phone. It was like Chadwick Boseman dies at 43. So, I went to Google and I typed in, and they said that he had been battling cancer. And you know, like, when people say stuff and do stuff and they act a certain way, you don't understand what it is until later on. I think with him it kind of made sense because he was very emotional when he was talking about the significance of some of these movies he had been like, you know, like uh, Black Panther person. He was very emotional. He would cry when he was talking about it. And I was like, you know, like it's important, but down why is he so emotional? And, you know, the reason why little did we know he was dealing with stage three cancer at that time. So, I mean, like I was very shocked that he was able to keep his disease under wraps living, you know, in Hollywood and how, you know, people just get a hold of everything. So I was, I was stunned, man. I still really can't believe he's dead. Yeah. Mal, your thoughts. 
Um, yeah, it was shocking, man. Um, I was just, you know, for me, it's been a lot of death this year. Even some people close. Some, the weird thing is there's some people that, from family-wise, that we finding out are sick. You know what I mean? So anything can happen. You know what I mean? Especially how this year going. To hear that, you know, I just went back and looked and I was like, okay. I think a lot of his circum you know, circumstances of him showing how um thin he was and then people, you know, passing judgment about that. And a lot of stuff that's ha happening in our society where um we're being judged we're ju being judged. I mean people are judging things and it just seemed like the reality is a the 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 real reality is a you come to this earth as a baby. And then you can leave the you leave this earth, yeah. you know what I mean? And to see that happen, and then and he, not, and then you don't know what not. people be dealing with. Yeah. And then you don't, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And you know, and even though he's dealing with that, he's also dealing with what he's saying is going around. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure if he wasn't sick, he, you might have seen him doing some stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know, being out there and and you know, helping with this pandemic and with, with, with other things. You would have seen him and you didn't. You know, only time you saw him, you seen him like getting some food or something like that and people were making fun of how small he was. But, you know, I'm sending good, good love to the family and everybody that um, it really, really hurt um, seeing him pass because I know him being the Black Panther, it meant a lot to a lot of people and inspired a lot of people. And this is one thing that I kind of felt like you know, with all the split, how the country is and how the world is right now, it kind of brung everybody together. That split second, him passing, brung a lot of people together. You know what I mean? And um, like his, the run that he made was is 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 it's like wow. One of my favorite movies that I felt like didn't get the promotion that it should have was Draft Day. Phenomenal yeah. movie to me. You know what I mean? That's actually, if not one, one of my the, the favorite one, and he wasn't really in it, but it just put a, it just made a lot of I just the stuff that the movie stood for, like a young man who has to fit in the suit of his of his parents of his father, and you know him having to step up and say, "Hey, let me run this team. I have a vision." You know, just things of that nature. And then, why are you judging this man when he really was just giving something to his sick um, sister? You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Right. You know what I mean? Like. It's man, great. let me tell you. <laughs> you know, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, you good? Yeah, finish. Yeah, finish what you got. Yeah, finish. I mean, that's that's it. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't write nothing down. It's just that he's one of those. You know, he's just one of those. Uh, man, he played James Brown. People don't understand how important, like James Brown, really is to our culture and to into America in general. You know what I mean? James Brown was a, used to be a battle royal fighter. You know what I mean? <laughs> like James Brown owned his own stuff and. You know, he it's a lot of stuff he did to change culture. You understand what I'm saying? It's a, it's a, it's a lot of stuff he did change music, you know, and he had he was able to play him. And it, that movie inspired a lot of people, a lot of people that didn't know that James Brown did those things. And then Marshall and then, you know what I'm saying? Like 42. Um, JB, you may be to help me with this. You remember um, that scene when he was batting and that guy stood out and he was saying racist stuff to him and he said in the um yeah. and the owner was saying man stop saying that he was like man what are you talking about i just was calling this other guy that was jewish all these names and blah 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 and he was like man you do that again blah 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 i need for this to happen because that gentleman knew the vision of where major league baseball needed to go and what i need for you to do 
is support yeah. this. You know, this is bigger than us. This is changing the world. You know, it almost makes you feel like in the bubble, there's people there that's that's not they don't vote Democrat. They want everybody, you know what I'm saying? They actually vote the other way, but they still understand the movement. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You feel me? You feel me? Yeah. So but but that um those uh anyway, man, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Just RIPV. You know, rest in heaven on yeah, man. I, when I found out about it, it was weird. Another thing on Twitter. So, I, you know, Woj posted something about uh, Chadwick Boseman. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's something that he talked about as far as the the um, the, the boycott or whatever. Then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I expanded it, and I was like, man, he said he passed away at 43. Um, you know, of course, of um, of colon cancer. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, shocked. Like, that's like everyone else. And it's just one of the things where, like I said, the first movie that popped up to me because, of course, I'm a sports guy right. was Draft Day. Vontae right. Mack was the, mm-hmm. was going to be the, become the face of the franchise of the of the Cleveland Browns, and you know, so that was another. And I remember seeing that movie when it came out, like in the movies. You know how that was like mm-hmm. my Black Panther. You know how everybody came right. dressed in their regalia. I, you know, I came in with my jersey and you know, blase blase. So that was like my little, you know. What he called like my for the culture moment for that right. for draft day, right. and then I remember seeing forty two obviously, but it's just one of the things where it's like you saying, you know you, you know life is a gift like you have to live in the present and then it just makes you challenge yourself to say hey, you know go for what you want want in your life, you know he he basically had his greatest performance in Black Panther and he was fighting stage three cancer like. So to me, if 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 I ever have an excuse, say, "Oh, I'm tired," well, what you mean? What you mean? What you mean? What you mean? Well, he was fighting cancer. Though. I, I wouldn't say that's the great. Yeah, I would, what you well, mean? No, 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 no. But no, but I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying the one that people are referring to as far as Black Panther. I, I, I'm just saying mm-hmm. it ain't. No, I'm just saying for him to do a. a Iconic role like that, Black Panther, been, and it's not even about a role or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for him to have stage three cancer yeah. and playing a role of that significance, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. that talk about you know as far as okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Yes, let me yes. talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. Don't disrespect. So, don't disrespect. <laughs> no, no, this is great. That movie. Oh no, 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 no. It's not. See, like I said. But that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying for him to to have for him to be fighting cancer and playing those type of roles, and you know, it's oh, yeah. it makes you think to yourself, like, what excuse can I have to say, well, I'm tired today, I can't do this, I can't do this, this and third. It makes you be like, This this is it's one of the things where you think to yourself, you have no excuse, you have to live your life. Every day you have to cherish it. You're tired, this and third. You need to soldier on through. There's other people that's going through stuff like this. And like you said, and for him to have that type of diagnosis, especially in Hollywood, where we live in a TMZ culture where they know who you're dating by simply, if you're spotted with somebody at a restaurant, you're linked to that person, this and third, when news just leaks out. And that's another thing, too, where you're like, you know, you look at those type of situations where, you know, the team that he had around him, you know, that's another thing, too, where you, you know, the you as far as picking your friends and picking, you know, people in your corner, because a lot of people could afford and be like, hey, 
they could have probably, you know, gotten exclusive on him fighting this disease. So this is one of the things where you it's, you look at it, you're like, you have the value, your friends, value, you know, it, all of this stuff. All this stuff is encompassing. And it's just one of the things where, and for him to be 43, that makes me like, wow, you know. Um, and that's I'll be 42 in a couple months. Right, I'll be 42 right. in a couple months. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying, it's, right. It's, it's like, it's right. getting, it's getting right. kind of, you know right. what I mean? It's just, and yeah. I've been doing it, but you know what, Crystal? You know me, man. I've been doing that type of stuff for a while. I, I value everything. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. I really try not to. I let a lot of stuff go because I be thinking, like, man, we could yeah. be on the road and this yeah. can happen or this. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And you have oh, to, yeah. bro. Oh, yeah. You yeah. But to. I'm just saying, all it is, it, it just reinforces it. I mean, you know, right. you go through the day, day by day. These type of things just uh, are constant reminders. That's what it's mm -hmm. all about. Mm -hmm. So... Then um, what? Huh? Oh, you said you you were mentioning you were saying that you know like uh you were talking about how he gave those like uh performances as like the Black Panther those ruling performances where he did like a lot of action scenes. He's like, well, what excuse do I have for not trying? Well, this you can mm -hmm. say is I'm a man. Huh? What you say? Uh, you, you, I'm, I'm Mr. Mark. I'm Mr. Mark. I'm Mr. Mark. I'm Mr. Mark. Huh? <laughs> oh, but well, anyway, yeah. You were saying, like, what excuse do I have not to try hard? Like, mm -hmm. for what he went yeah. through. Yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The excuse that you have is that you're a Washington fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yeah, just just in general, not even just speaking on me, just as a collective, like it just it's one of the things that you look at, you're like, you know, um, you know, you, you just have to cherish everything, but and that's JB, the same thing, too soon. What, what's going on? It's but it's yeah, too but, soon, yeah. Man. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah, let me all right, let's, let's all right, run it up, there. guys. All right, okay. all right, <laughs> but okay. So and then and we talked about um it goes in four. Then on Saturday we hear about Clifford Robinson. Um uh, so let's talk about Clifford Robinson uh, momentarily. So um Mal, your thoughts I on Clifford Robinson? I think that um, was on Sunday. What it, it No, it was Saturday. It was Saturday morning. The oh, Portland Trailblazer when I think of Clifford Robinson, you know what I mean? That that was sad too, man. Like, you know, yeah. you've seen past uh um, when I think of him, I think of the dude with the headband that played for the Trailblazers back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, it just stood out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I was to play a basketball game, I see a, a black dude with a red with a red headband on, you know what I'm saying? That's bald head. I think of Clifford Robinson, man, you know? Um, most things out about him, uh, let me see, uh, he, um, he was a sixth man in 93. He was all-star in 94. Uh, Played 18 years all together, all together. You know what I'm saying? He one of those guys back in the day. Like I said, it's just one of those things in my mind as a childhood. I remember seeing when I see the Portland Trailblazers playing, you know, Lakers versus Celtics or something like that. You know, the dude with the headband and for the Trailblazers was Clifford Robinson. Um, I looked up. He played. He was in a uh, season of Survivor. And oh yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. I, <laughs> I seen he was he was in a season of Survivor. And he ended up being 14th. He said somebody ended up recognizing who he was. And um, he was like, man, I'm a big fan of yours. And then he said it was a it said it was a girl that didn't like him. So she talked to another person to vote him off. 
So he ended up being number 14. And then he ended up being in the cannabis industry and they called him um, Uncle Cliffy. Um, you know what I mean? You know, RIP, man. It's one of those uh, standout legends of my childhood that played basketball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your thoughts, JB? Yeah. He had been he had been in bad health um, in recent years because he had a stroke about three years ago. And um, I think the stroke had left him paralyzed for a little bit as well. So um, to me, Cliff Rockton, he had a very solid career. He's not all a gamer, but he played in the league for 18 years. He's probably one of the most famous, like from our generation, he's probably one of the most, when you think of the Portland Trailblazers, you're going to think about him. He's going to be one of the first three or four players you think of as like a trailblazer from our generation because of mm-hmm. the headband. That's what I remember. Right. Him as. He was a very good player, though. He played on some good teams. He made the finals twice with the Blazers. Uh, he was on the team when they lost to the Pistons and then when they lost to your Chicago Bulls in uh, in 92. So he had a really good year. Um, he kind of, I don't know. Um, it, it was sad. But I don't know, like, I feel like he had kind of disappeared. We kind of have gotten him a bit. Yeah. Um. So it wasn't, like, the same as, like, a current player dying or a recently yeah. retired player dying, like, because of that. But, um, yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm, I just want to know what happened to him. I, I guess, like, I'm, I'm a bit weird. Like, they didn't release, like, how, um, my biggest thing. I think that, and like, this is for anybody. Life is rough, man. We got to do a better job of taking care of ourselves. Like, um, you know, like uh, life is very stressful and stress can can kill you. And, you know, like stress is a very big factor when it comes to having strokes. Um, with Chadwick Boseman, stress is a very big factor in you getting cancer as well. So um, I think that uh, folks uh, like Deshaun, man, you're born as a baby and the only thing that we're really guaranteed of after birth is uh, taxes and death. Those are the only two guarantees that we get. And, you know, like uh, any day that you get on this earth, man, it's a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another one that's kind of like, wow, you know, like it, it just, just, the, just the whole NBA community. I mean, you think about it and I always say, you know, people say, you know, er, you know, then you think about um, David Stern passing away. First day, you know, New Year's Day out of all out of all days, the you know start off the year. Then you know, of course, the passing of Kobe. And then now, guy Clifford Robinson, which I think is more so just a connection, like of our generation, where we remember, like you said, the guy from Portland with the headband. And you think mm-hmm. about Clyde, and then you think about Clifford Robinson. You think about those type of guys, and mm-hmm. you know, and then you think about that Blazers team. And now you think about it, how scary it is now. How some of those, most of those, not most, but. You got like Kevin Work- Duckworth has passed away. Uh, Jerome Kersey has passed away. So you look at that, you're like, oh, you know, just like you said, this is just one of, another one where you're like, you know, you just you just never know. You just cherish every day that you can. And I mean, yikes. It's just, you know, uh, yeah. Drossen Petrovic, who was on the 89. Yes, yeah, yeah, well, that's too. right. Yeah, yeah, he was on that team. I forgot God about him. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I forgot. Uh, I forgot. I forgot that Jerome Kersey had passed away. But yeah, Kevin Duckworth died. Yeah, I think it was twelve mm-hmm. years ago, and he died when yeah. he was in his. Er- he died in his early forties. Yeah, and and remember when Kersey he passed away, it was like it's it happened like instant. I remember they were saying. I think what happened with him was I'm I'm not sure what was the 
but I know he won't feeling good. He went home and then he passed away like the very next day. But yeah. And yeah, man, it's like you saying, but then on Monday, you know, we heard the tra- tragic news. Oh, of course, yesterday of John Thompson. Uh, so I'm gonna go around the horn. I'm gonna go with you first, Mal, with your thoughts on John Thompson. Oh uh, man, um, it was John Thompson, man. You know, I, I looked up the stuff and I didn't know that he had got drafted. He got drafted third round. Um, ended up going to the Celtics, won two championships with them. Um, you know, coach of the year. Uh, two of my favorite players of all time, Patrick Ewing. Well, three. You know, when I first moved to Virginia, I was moved from New Jersey to Virginia. We went to uh, um, Georgetown. We just decided to go to Georgetown. And I looked, I was like, who is this tall, light skin dude? It was Alonzo Mourning. And I went over there and got his autograph. You know what I mean? And then I looked up the story because, you know, I do a lot of, I watch a lot of documentaries and things on mobs and crimes and stuff like that. And for him to step to refer, refer Edmund, and Ray Evans is one of the biggest names when it came to crack cocaine in this nation. You know what I mean? And he was hanging with Alonzo Mornigan. They said he planned a meeting with Rayford and said, hey, man, leave my guys alone. Don't mess up their their careers. And Rayford stopped, stopped dealing with them. Um, you know, just things of that nature. Like he, to be the first, he I think he understood him being the first black, being a black coach was more than just being a coach for basketball. It's also helped these guys change their lives. You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? Being a father yeah. figure to them um, and, and setting a standard for them in some type of way just to get help them get to the league. You know what I mean? And always be there for when because he un- necessarily understood what they were understand what they were coming from. So, you know, when I think of him, like I said, man, I think of Patrick Ewing, number 33 with the with the with the small short zone. You know what I'm saying? Shooting that long fadeaway and think of Iverson just driving and laying up layups with the gray. Outfit. And I remember going to Georgetown and playing in a little gym. We played 21 when I was younger. So, you know, RIP, man. He did a lot more, but that's one of the things that stand out to me. You know what I mean? Your thoughts, JB? Um, he, he was an icon as a coach, man. Like, um, man. he put uh, he put Georgetown, he put Georgetown on the map, and unfortunately, Georgetown has really gone downhill since. I mean, I know his son was the coach there, and his son got them to the final four, but Georgetown is not really a powerhouse anymore in college basketball. There used to be a time when college basketball season would come around, you know, Georgetown was one of the like, you know, 10 teams you thought could contend for a national championship. And um, since he's, I mean, it's not the case anymore. I mean, he was a trailblazer. He first uh, a black coach to win national championship in basketball. Mm-hmm. So um, he was a great coach. Um, I didn't realize either that he was uh, he backed up uh, he backed up uh, Bill Russell and won two yeah. championships with the yeah, Celtics Boston, uh, yeah. in uh, the mid '60s. So mm-hmm. I mean, like he uh, he he had. He lived quite a full life in his uh, in his seventy eight years. You know, he won NBA championship, he won national championship. Probably should have won two. I mean, if it wasn't for you know that uh, that I'm not gonna even say anything bad about them. I'm just gonna leave. Well, all I gotta say that was a freshman from Wilmington, North Carolina. That's a reason. (laughs) It was a freshman by the name of Michael Jeffrey Jordan. The, the kid from Wilmington, North Carolina. For the Charlotte, uh, for the Charlotte yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm actually I'm talking about the that that miracle team, that Villanova team. That, oh that, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is probably the most 
that's the most disgusting national champion of all time or whatever. Yeah. Like they got so lucky, like in that run or whatever. Like and um their coach running around like crazy and stuff like that, man. Like, um, and John Thompson, you should have saw they were doing close-ups of him in the championship game, and he just has this look like it's just not our night. Yeah, he's just smiling. And that's another thing, too, I would say about John Thompson, too. The other day, I remember always had the towel in this thing. And even though he sweat a lot, he always seemed like he was calm, cool, and composed. Yeah. You know, some coaches are just really, like, anxious. He always had a very calm and cool, cool demeanor about himself, even, mm. like, in pressure-packed situations. But, yeah. 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 And, and well, really – the 2016 Villanova team, well, it's the most despicable one, but I digress. But, um, yeah, uh, Coach no, Thompson. No, 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 no. That's a great team. No. <laughs> Buzzer reader? That, no, no. Look, I'm, 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 I'm going to look it up right now on YouTube. I want to see that I want to see that shot again. Yeah. I'm going to send yeah, it to you on Facebook. I think you need to watch that again. And I'm going to report you. I'm going to report you. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, John Thompson, um, iconic. Um, he's the the prototype. When you say, "Hey, you send your kid to school," and, and he's he's gonna be he's gonna take care of your your kid. He's the ultimate, the epitome of what they call a father figure. You know, we 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 say that word all the time. You know, as far as and you know, oh, you send this kid to your school, he's gonna be your father figure. But he's the one that really embodies it. Um, I look at just uh, what he did, just the evolution of the Big East. He was very instrumental of that. And just, you know, that I look at that in its entirety, uh, what he did at Georgetown, like he put it on the map. There was another, like we talked about Lou Olsen with the Arizona shorts. Everybody had Georgetown gear. You know, when we were coming up, everybody wanted to wear Georgetown gear. Um, he definitely helped a guy, you know, our guy, Al Navison, who, you know, got him out of Hampton, got him out of that toxic environment and, and, and he thrived at Georgetown. Um, then I think two kind of moments I talk about a serious moment before I get into the funny one. So you guys remember the, remember the 30 for 30 Lynn Bias? And remember how he spoke in the beginning and saying how you know why you know they always ask why guys don't why fail, why they fail. And I'm that the paraphrase, but he's like, Well, get these guys on around people that are successful. And it's so crazy, like that, like his voice of how he said it, and it was just like it set the tone for that documentary. And just the, you know, him just hearing him talk, just the words of wisdom. It's like it's one of the things to me. He could read the he could read the phone um, the yellow pages. I don't know if people remember that. He could read the yellow pages, and I'm I would be intrigued. And then I don't know if you remember this, JB. Remember when Brian Mitchell and Clint Portis had a beef on the radio? You remember that? Oh yeah, and he calmed him calmed <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah, he calmed him down. I listened, to, I listened. Yes. Yeah, I listened to the. I listened to the. What, now, when when now when was um when did this beef happen? What year was it? God, this probably I remember, was I think like I listened to the podcast a bit. And this probably was God. This probably at least because Portis was still in DC. He was still with with WT WFT. So um, ah, it's gotta have been at least about ten years old. Or more or longer, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, but I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think, yeah, I listened to the podcast when he was just really calm and he was like, "Come on, man, mm -hmm. it's not." And kind of, you know, the thing is, I think he actually was able to calm them down because you look 
Clinton Portance and Brian Mitchell, I'm under their friends, but they seem to have a very amicable relationship when they're on the air with each other now. It's yeah, it's better now. Yeah, and that's the thing yeah. where you think about and it's funny, like because and it's funny because and it's and it's and and, and I even I listened to it, I think this morning. You know, just for you know, just for this, you know, just for reasons for my own personal use. But I looked at it and it was like it's so crazy how he was able to defuse it, and then it's almost like he, like he was like Clinton and and B. Mitch were like brothers, and then John Thompson was the father, like telling, him, "Hey, well, Clinton, why why are you on this show? Why you know why you know you go to any show in America? Why you want to come here?" And then he's saying, "You know, because I I respect you, um, Coach Thompson, blase blase," and he talked them, and he, and it's sort of because it, it was funny because Clinton. And B Mitch was just going at it, and it's just like ah, 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 ah. and then John Thompson said, Hey, I'm gonna sit B Mitch right here in the corner, I'm gonna put Clinton over here, and he diffused it and ended up being a pretty good interview. And that's another thing, too, where you know he was just that type of calming presence. Whereas like I couldn't imagine, you know, you know, him, you know, coaching me or even knowing him, or even just being in a room and carrying on a conversation. I know, I know for a fact, you know, everybody. Has had to, who's had that opportunity, they feel the impact of it, and and even just being an outsider of it, you you can't help but just be mesmerized of what Coach Thompson did, just in all facets of his life. Yeah, but yeah, man, yeah, John, uh, yeah, John Thompson, man, he was um he was a really he was a he was a great coach, and he was. The voice of reason sometimes too, man, because I, I definitely remember when you just mentioned that it just clicked in my mind because I remember that people was laughing listening <laughs> to it. And then <laughs> John Thompson, like you know, he was like that, it's like that chill grandfather saying, Hey boys, you guys need to stop it. It's not even that serious. So and, and I also think another thing too is I think and I think another thing that kind of the reason why I think Clinton Porris probably respects B Mitchell now. It's because Clinton Porras is a media now, and he kind of understands, okay, when he says this stuff, he's not really taking a jab at me as a player. He's just looking at it from, like, because that's one thing I will say about B. Mitchell. B. Mitchell actually really does have love for the Redskins, and when he's criticizing them, he's not criticizing the players, like, out of mean spiritedness. He's, like, just giving them his honest opinion, so. Yeah. And definitely looking forward to CP on the calls. In the next few weeks, and yeah, he's he's um one of the radio guys now. So, like you say, it's you know he'll be one of those guys who maybe AP might get on him. You know who know who's to say, but yeah, he's in like you said, he, he has to look at it from a different perspective. And you know, luckily, and he had and now he's got this opportunity. So, fellas, let's put a bonus week's couch coach live, man. Who gets this week's game ball? We'll go around the horn. JB, who gets your week's game ball? All right, so I'm gonna go baseball again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm giving my game ball to the Padres. The Padres are playing good baseball, and in this shortened season, they are deciding to go for it. So they made yeah. a really impressive trade. So like kudos to uh, the Diego Fathers. Uh, hopefully, they can do something in the postseason um, and and make Tony Gwynn proud. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, Maui, your thoughts. I mean, the thoughts. Uh, I'm giving, the game ball. I'm giving the game ball to um, yesterday. I was um, with my one of my buddies, but we watched the Monica and Brandy battle, mm-hmm. and they broke 
um, they got more views than the VMAs on an Instagram live. They got 1.3 million views, and that's just on Instagram. And that's not counting YouTube. It's not counting Apple TV. And that's big. Michelle Obama in the comments. So I just want to give them a shout out. It was something. It was weird because, you know, a lot of people had called me and they kind of necessarily um, had a lot of stuff going on yesterday. And then we all end up being on the phone, being able to watch it. And it kind of changed the energy. So, you know what I mean? I'm giving them the game ball. That's real big, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, give my game ball um, to Mello. I think um, class of 84. Well, not class of 84. Club 1984, class 2002. Uh a, a card carry member of the, of the uh, uh, Salt and Pepper Gang. Um, I'm just, I'm just very proud of him. And I think even when I, when I did a show, we talked about Carmelo, and that gave him a standing ovation on air, like to, for what he has done, um, you know, for this Portland team. And I'm just hoping that he, you know, comes back and back better now. At, at the tender age of 36 years old, and he's still doing his thing. I'm definitely, um, you know, definitely give him this week's game ball. So. Fellas, final thoughts. We'll go around the horn. Mallory, your final thoughts. Oh, man, just, um, you know, everybody just keep being supportive. And um, like I said, man, just value everything around you. You can change in seconds. You know what I mean? And um, again, you know, great show. And congrats to you, coach. All right. Final thoughts, JB. Yeah, folks, uh, take care of your health. And like, um, if you're not uh go to the doctor um right away um because you might just think it's nothing man but just go ahead um it's better to be safe than to be sorry man so like if you're feeling something your body's not feeling well like go to the doctor don't put it off like that's like the biggest thing i can say to you yeah 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 man so definitely a great show fellas um before we uh head on out tonight definitely want to um plug a few things definitely huge shout out um to uh my guy rich from the uk i was on the uh slick talk show which you can definitely check out we had a great in-depth conversation about like like jamie talked about as far as men's health and then also uh chadwick bozeman as well we talked about that and i definitely want um huge shout out to uh steven gillespie of the breaking the game podcast having me on on sunday definitely appreciate him and then definitely huge shout out to our guy jeff who's been uh been watching the show all day we've um you know during you know during this episode um we did two podcasts um you know within the last 48 hours definitely huge appreciate and shout out to those guys for um allowing me the opportunity to you know hop on their shows um also um with fall lineup gonna start so we're gonna do a overreaction monday show starting on september the 14th so we'll get that going. Time we have not decided the time yet, and then I think we're going to add a potentially another show potentially as well. So still in the works of doing the fall lineup for that. But um, yeah, man, this has been this week's Couch Coach Live, man. We will catch you guys next week, um, and everybody have a safe holiday. <laughs> you know, so you know we're approaching the holiday weekend, um, very much deserved, and uh, definitely um, next week. We'll be talking about football, you know. We'll be, you know, only days away from the from the college football season and as well as the NFL. So this has been this week's Couch Coach Live, and we'll catch you guys next week. Only only days away from another one one season.